If you cracked your iPhone display or needed to swap out the battery, you previously had to pay Apple or an authorized repair shop to get fixed. Now, Apple's making it easier to do things yourself. But is this an option for everyone? I'm Roger Chang. This is your Daily Charge. Joining me to discuss this new program is our resident Apple expert, Ian Sher. Welcome, Ian. How are you doing? So what is up with Apple's new self-service repair program? This is, frankly, shocking. And if you look on Twitter, there are so many people who are like, what? Really? (laughs) But essentially what Apple has done is that they've said starting next year, they're going to start publishing their repair manuals and start selling actual parts for their devices, starting with the iPhone 12 and 13. Uh, And you'll actually be able to perform repairs at home with genuine parts. And this has, for as long as I can remember, uh, you have never been able to buy Apple parts from Apple. The manuals are, are, are protected behind um, you know, there's this system that Apple put together a long time ago for authorized repair people. And you had to go through this whole rigmarole and testing and all of this stuff to become an authorized repair person. And then you would have access to the manuals. And there was no other way to really get them unless you found them leaked online. So this whole thing is a is almost like a 180, right? Apple at one point even had gone to uh, different state representatives and lobbied saying that it was dangerous to repair their devices if you didn't know what you were doing, which is, you know, there's there's some truth to that, right? If you touch the you know, the coil in the wrong place or whatever, you could get shocked. But generally speaking, this is just really, it's, it's a really interesting move. And now Apple's gone from fighting repair at home to being one of the leaders on it. Yeah, well, let's let's talk about that because we shouldn't talk about it in a vacuum, right? This is happening amidst a lot of pressure that consumer advocates have been putting on Apple and other companies for this this concept of right to repair, right? This is, um, you know, this isn't like the Apple's Apple's not doing this out of the blue, right? No, I, look, I, I mean, first off, I don't think um, it, I, when you think of what right to repair has been trying to accomplish. Right. One of the interesting things about it is that if you go back decades, it was very normal for manuals to be published online and parts for like a TV set or whatever to be able to be purchased. And it's only really in the last couple of decades that things have changed to where you really can't get those parts. You can't get those manuals. Everything's kind of much more enclosed and hard to get. And it's really frustrating. And what has really exacerbated this conversation was actually not the tech industry. I mean, Apple certainly has not helped it. But actually, it's been with the uh, farming industry. Uh, If you look at the farming equipment that comes out of people like John Deere, what's interesting is that they actually can't be repaired without an authorized person to do it, right? One of their authorized repair people. And it became a huge issue among the farming community. And what it's done is spur that a lot of this conversation around right to repair. Uh, In fact, senators have started supporting the idea, Elizabeth Warren most specifically, when she was running for president. But also we've seen even 
In Massachusetts, during the 2020 election cycle, a law passed that is forcing car companies to actually give access to the special apps and programs that they have to diagnose your car to consumers. So there's like this, there are very many angles to this, but all of it comes down to the idea that you and I have the right to repair our stuff and it's not belonging to the company, right? It's mine. Right. And that, that's a big point. And the John Deere example is a great one because, you know, an iPhone, well, it seems like a lot at, you know, $700,000. These, the farming equipment that you buy from John Deere, that's hundreds of thousands of dollars. And because of a lot of the, the software updates are now required, it, it's getting harder and harder to actually repair this stuff anyway. But John Deere gives you that extra hurdle of like requiring a authorized retail. And it's not like you could just, it's not like taking your iPhone down to the local shop, right? Moving, you know, this multi-ton farming equipment to an authorized dealer can set a farmer back for days. So it, I see why it's a huge, huge deal in the farming community uh, and why that's kind of rippled out. I'm, I'm curious, going back to Apple and why they're doing this, I'm curious if you think that they were just trying to front run or get ahead of any potential regulations that were in place. Because I know the FTC was looking at this. And yeah. and then, and as you said, Senator Warren, other elected officials or lawmakers were looking to this issue as well. Was, was that, I mean, do you think that had, that played a part in Apple's calculus? Without question, there this extra pressure that's been coming down, and I think also just the general mood of the public and where the politics were going, Apple probably saw that it was on the wrong side of this debate at one point and decided to move. But I also, you know, it I, I know it it probably sounds like I'm defending Apple, but I I I, I do not discount the fact that this company does often try to think in what is the best decision for its users. And the only reason I bring this up is that this that if they really wanted to, you know, play the profit game, I don't think they would have said that they're going to offer these parts at the same cost that they charge the repair people, that they're going to offer tools at the same cost that they charge repair people, uh, that they're going to just put these manuals online for free. I, I think that Apple could have created a lot more hurdles and made it a lot harder for you to be able to repair your stuff. They're even actually creating new apps that are going to work over the air so that when you repair, like, let's say, the camera module or the screen, there's some calibration that has to happen. And that requires a special app that only Apple has and up until now has been very, very tightly controlled. You couldn't get it. Uh, for your phone. Uh, and if you repaired like the face ID system or whatever in the phone, uh, when you were, if you did it with someone who wasn't authorized by Apple, it wouldn't work anymore. I mean, there's all sorts of examples where this stuff has been really tough. And Apple is now going to actually create these new apps that allow you to do this and pair it to your phone and make it all work. And I feel like they're 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 pushing a lot more than they could if they just felt like they were, you know, dragging their heels but going along with it. Right. So going to the specifics of the program, like how do you how do you get access to this stuff? Like how do you um I, I know this stuff doesn't kick off until next year, but uh, if right. you, you know, if you've got a broken iPhone or you're, you crack the screen in your iPhone, like what exactly do you do to access these resources? So what Apple is doing is they're going to 
connect this all to their Apple Care service it's part of their website. And if you've never gone there, essentially what you do is you enter in your serial number. It immediately knows what device it is. It's usually tied to your uh, Apple ID anyway. So that stuff is kind of automated nowadays. But what will happen is that you can say, hey, I, I broke my screen. And normally in those instances, it'll say, okay, well, it knows you have Apple Care or not, their extended warranty program. And uh, then they'll say, okay, you can ship it to us or you can go to an authorized repair place or whatever. So now there's going to be an option for you to actually repair it at home. And this is mostly aimed at out of warranty repairs, right? Because in theory, if Apple's going to cover it, why would you want to go through the, the danger of opening your own device and possibly ruining it in the process? Uh, and so what will happen is that you you they actually will show you the, man, uh, the uh, repair manual and say, okay, read through this. Are you comfortable with doing these steps? And then also they'll tell you which tools you need. They're not requiring you buy the tools, but they're going to offer them obviously to you if you don't have any. And then you order the part and it'll be shipped to you. So let's say it's a new screen. You go through the motions of replacing the screen. And then Apple's going to ask you to send back the old part, which is something they also do with the authorized repair people. They, they don't want these parts to go into the trash. They either want to recycle them or whatever else. And you could also say they control that part of it too. That's also obviously true. But um, Apple is going to incentivize you to do that by actually lowering the price of the repair that you're paying for if you return the item. They'll give you a little credit back. So it, that's kind of the long and short of it. What'll be interesting is, you know, I was wondering what's the difference between a, you know, authorized repair person now and, you know, Ian sitting at his at his table. And, uh, uh, you know, what what I found out was that generally speaking, the authorized repair people can stock up on parts, right? They don't need to have a reason per se to get stuff from Apple. But when it comes to you and me, when we order a repair, we're, that's going to be tied to the serial number of our device. So I can't buy like three screens. Right? <laughs> I'm going to get I'm going to get one screen and it's going to be tied to my serial number forever. They'll know I repaired it and all that stuff. So that that's kind of how it's going to be different. But also that, that you know, on some level, I, I understand because there are going to be people, I am sure, who initiate a repair, open up their phone and get stuck, right, or get frustrated or screw it up. And they're going to have to go to Apple, right? And, and Apple will have to fix the problem. Yeah. Uh, like, for folks, like, is this for everyone? Like, the, the, like I, I don't know if you've gone through the process of repairing an iPhone. I have not. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious just how easy or difficult it is and whether or not regular folks should be trying this and then potentially, you know, damaging their iPhones. Yeah, so I am definitely uh, in the overambitious category. And, you know, I, I've opened enough devices and done enough stuff that I'm, I, I, you know, I'm dangerous enough to think that I could do it. And so I did actually change out the battery on my MacBook Air a while back. It was an old MacBook Air. And uh, in the process of it, I actually ended up... Uh, uh, damaging one of the cables that connects the keyboard to the to the to the to the uh, motherboard, right? So I ended up having to buy a replacement part for that too, and it turned into a whole mess. So yes, not everyone's going to 
want to do this. And in fact, you could cause more trouble if you do. I, Apple, I think, in a lot of ways also knows that. I think they realize that, you know, this is this is going to be for a subset of people. And there are throwing up roadblocks to try and stop you from doing it if you're not if you're not going to be someone who's going to be successful, right? They're making you read through the manual. I mean, you could press yes, but the fact that they're doing that says something. The fact that they're saying, here's the tools you need, right? Again, another step, you have to be you know, comfortable looking at those tools and deciding you can do it. So I, I think that that is really key. And uh, by the way, if you do screw it up right, and you go to Apple or let's say you open it up and you're like, oh, this is way too complex, uh, you're not going to get the repair free from Apple, right? You, you paid for the part, but they're going to charge you the manual labor hours just like anyone reasonably would to actually finish the repair. So you end up uh, out for the money no matter what. Got it. Well, lots to consider if you are a customer with an Apple product that's broken. Ian, thanks for your time. You can check out his story on CNET.com. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge or send up direct text messages from me by heading to CNET.co slash Daily Charge. And if you liked what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening. <laughs>